in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Gambling with your retirement odds is not a bet that is likely to work out in your favor. On today's Get Ready for the Future show, making planning for retirement a priority and not leaving it to chance. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Glad to have you along as always. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, and Janet Walker with us today as we talk about making retirement planning a priority, not leaving it to chance. You know, we, we said there in the open about uh, gambling with your retirement odds. And when you hear gambling, you think of casinos. And you ever been to one of those? Uh, you know, I, I remember going into my first one um, at 21-ish, and around that time. And <laughs> There's a story there. Yeah, so, you know, I went to school at Arkansas State University, which is in Jonesboro, Arkansas. And it's about 70 miles from Tunica, Mississippi, which really okay. blew up when I was in college. Yeah. It started right. with one casino, and then it ended up being eight or nine. And I remember my dad telling me before I made that first trip, he said, here's my uh, – and I've, I've dropped a few uh, Clyde Inman uh, quotes of wisdom on the show before, by yes. the way. <laughs> so he'll appreciate this. He said, don't take more than you uh, expect to lose. Yeah. And that that's pretty good gambling advice because I thought of it as, hey, if I went to uh, – if I took $100 and I went to dinner and a movie – I had entertainment for that evening, and I didn't bring home that $100. I, I compare it to Chuck E. Cheese. Right. You know, yeah. you're not yeah. going to walk out of there with anything of value. You might walk out with a little bit, but you're going to miss the money that you walked in with. So just decide ahead of time, yeah. this is what I'm willing to give up in, in exchange for this. When I made my first trip to Vegas, and it hadn't been really that long ago, I was I was pretty old when I went out there for the first time, but someone gave me some sage advice. They said, John, just remember, that they didn't build that place on people who won. That's right. That's right. So I, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And and uh, my wife told me that I needed to get up from the blackjack table at the exact time that I needed to get up because I was up four hundred dollars. And she said, "All right, you're done. Yes. Let's go." So, <laughs> and, and have you ever noticed the people that do tell you about how much money they win? They never tell you about the money they lost that's right. on other trips. Yeah. That's yeah. on other trips. Yeah. You just yeah. hear about the winnings. And so you can't have a good night. But if you went in every day, you're not likely to come out a winner because, as John has already alluded to, the the casino odds are stacked against you. So in retirement, it's not that the odds are stacked against you to have a successful retirement, but if you are playing the odds, if you are placing bets, and Americans, we're going to share some statistics with you here in just a minute, but Americans are clearly placing their bets on their expectations of retirement. They are. And and I think a lot of people, I don't know, kind of think about retirement in these very nebulous terms until they get there. And then when they get there, they're like, oh, wow, this is real. Yeah. Uh, we've got to deal with some real issues here. Well, And I think a lot of times the ages are not relative to their specific needs and they may even think that they are they're thinking i'm going to retire at 65 because that's when medicare is going to hit Mm -hmm. but the reality is when you look at statistics as of 2018 nearly half of all americans who retired were younger than 62 25 percent of them were between 62 and 64 so you think about there are very few statistically speaking here that are, are waiting until that age because we've got 
so many other circumstances at play. And you may think you have a picture of what your odds are going to be, if we want to phrase it that way. But reality is you get dealt a different hand when a spouse gets sick or you get laid off or whatever it might be. Well, and you know the the mathematics of retirement, when you think about how our business, how our profession postures this in general to people. Now, we don't do this uh, so much, but but a lot of people talk about the probability of retirement, uh, of you, you having a successful retirement. And they'll talk about, well, you've got, based on how you're invested right now and what you're doing, uh, you've got an 86% chance of having a successful retirement. Now, who would take those odds getting on an airplane? You have an 86% chance of surviving this flight. Right. Yeah, I, I don't get it. And, <laughs> that and, means a 14% chance of dying. And when you think yeah. about the fact that, that study after study has shown that people fear uh, dying, with, I, I'm sorry, running out of money more than they fear dying. Yeah. Uh, then then that becomes a real paradox of thought. It yeah. really does. Yeah. So back to those uh, numbers, and Janet kind of alluded to this, are the number of Americans that expect to work past the traditional retirement age of 65, 46% in a Northwest Mutual survey finding that. But even more astonishing, I thought this was unbelievable, really. When a survey of, uh, let's see, a more astonishing result of the survey found that 18% of baby boomers and Gen X respondents, so that's a collective group between the age of 40 and 75, expect to work past the age of of 74 now when you throw the baby boomers in there that really astonishes me because when you say gen x i think like so that's that's me that's janet Mm -hmm. i think it's easy to think if you really enjoy your job if you really enjoy your career that you may want to work that long in life but i think it comes with the disconnect of how you're going to feel when you're that old you know you think about i mean i'm starting to feel my age but i can't even really come to terms with what it's like to be 70 years old well and and i wonder like surveys are always a little bit dangerous to me in terms of getting accurate information because on the end of the person filling it out i'm always going well what do they mean by working until 74 does that count like if i only work five hours a week does that count because that's still working you know and i could see doing that we've we've talked about that a lot we have many of our clients who work a little bit just to stay active and around people but they're not working for a living and there's a difference there well the thing that really trips people up is this idea that i'm going to work until i die and then you can't for whatever reason And, and there is you know the average life expectancy in in this country right now is age 79 but if you are 65 years old today your life expectancy is more like 84 and 86 if you are female Uh, and if you're forced into early retirement and you live a long life how are you going to pay for it that is a big question that eludes a lot of people and they just really want to play ostrich and stick their head in the sand and not think about it but these are all issues that you know we're we're really on this show today to talk about how to really get your brain around those things when you think about uh bad habits whether it's with like eating or someone who has uh, trouble with smoking habits and and they tell you that uh and, and i remember doing a story uh years ago as as a news reporter i did a feature every week called the arkansan of the week so we featured somebody who was doing some good in the community and when, at one point we uh, decided to feature a a uh, person who went into at-home rehab assignment, someone who had a stroke, and then they were working to get back to doing things that they wanted to do and living a longer life. 
And I remember her talking to me about many people who have a stroke or a heart attack, they don't want to change their eating habits or they don't want to stop smoking because their mindset is if it takes a few years off my life, at least I got to do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But the assumption there is you're going to drop dead immediately. Yeah. Right. It's going to stop and you're going to lose life earlier rather than later. What if you have an event because of your habits that causes you to live a lifestyle you don't want to live for a long period of time? You know, and so when I think about playing the odds in retirement and we're talking about this retirement roulette, it can be real easy to think about. I'm just going to not make it past age 75 or because my dad died at age 73, I'm going to die at age 73. But what if you really do have a longer life ahead? And there's really, even with uh, family history, there's no way to know for sure. That's why we've done this show all these years, Scott. And I, I would like to think that that as a as an organization as uh, at Gen Wealth, we have been influential in trying to get people off the dime on this mm-hmm. because they they really have got to come to terms with life doesn't always work out like you map it out. And and thinking about that, Janet, I think that clearly people get into a situation either in their own situation or in the situation of a spouse or a family yeah. member that they have to do something different as far as work is concerned. Well, guys, this all falls back to, at Gen Wealth anyway, it all falls back to planning. And when we put together a written retirement plan, it plans for the worst case scenario. Well, you might think, you know, from a personal standpoint, you might think, well, dying early is a worst case. Actually, no. Planning to die early and living past that financially is a worst case because then your finances are not able to support the lifestyle that you need and want to have moving forward. And so our plans are built for that worst case scenario. The worst case is that you live longer than expected rather than shorter. Yeah, I think that that clearly people have got to have a pretty broad, uh, open mind about what their future looks like. Part of the problem is no one really wants to think about it. No one really wants to contemplate life on the other side of of retirement and and leaving work and all of that type of thing. Maybe you do love to think about the travel and all of that. And if you had unlimited resources, you could probably live a pretty cool lifestyle just going and exploring the world. But most people have not prepared well enough, Scott, to make that happen. So they've got to think about, okay, what is the life? like on the other side of work and how do I deal with that? The first step when it comes to if you um, think you're going to work to a certain age and being prepared to potentially leave the workforce earlier than that is to begin a retirement savings plan, a retirement plan that shows you if you reach this age, this is the amount of income you can have. You know, that's one of the things that really is uh, still missing in the financial services uh, industry, not here at GenWealth, but it takes planning, not just investment planning. Traditionally, we've seen it all the time, and my frame of reference is people who come in who have been with other advisors, but it is very common that all the conversation has been centered around investments. It's been about rate of return. It's been about those Monte Carlo scenarios of if this works in retirement, the many, many different scenarios of uh, returns you get, you have an X percentage chance probability of a successful retirement. That's really, John, all they typically get. 
yeah this this probability thing i just i I marvel at it there there are really two schools of thought in in terms of retirement planning there is this probability thing that is very predominant in our in our profession but there's also what we call safety first and that is being sure that that you don't have a a probability that your probability is 100 percent that you're going to have your basic income needs taken care of and I don't know how very many people really kind of get their brain around something other than a, a, an absolute assurance that you're going to have those basic income needs taken care of because those basic expenses aren't going away in retirement. They're going to be there. And I think you have to match that up and balance that out with guaranteed income to basically offset guaranteed expenses. It, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where, you know, would you board an airplane if it said you have 85% probability of getting where you're wanting to go and the plane doesn't crash and everybody's okay? There's no way you'd do that. I mean, the odds are low. It's only 15% that it's going to crash, but it's a pretty big deal if it does crash, right? And yet, for most of the nation, they look at their retirement scenario and there's there's literally like you're in the green zone and we feel okay with that and and we have some some uh, programs that will do that too i'm not against the utilization of those programs but i am against basing your entire retirement income and the stability and future of it on just that you can't do that because what if it's wrong what if that 85% is not what happens? What if it's the 15% that happens? You know, part of the problem here is that we want microwave answers to complex problems. Yeah. And when you stop and think about it, retirement income planning is a complex problem. There's a lot of detail that has to go into it, but we would like to rely on something as simple as the 4% rule, because that's easy. You could take some number and multiply it by 4% and get an income amount and go, okay, well, I'm good. That's that's what I need. That rule works until until it doesn't and and you can't rely for the rest of your life on some nebulous rule that really wasn't ever intended to be a, a uh, guideline for people to retire on what we do at gen wealth takes a, a pretty good bit of work and and it uh, we go into a lot of detail on your expenses what you expect to spend during retirement the things that you need to do and the things that you want to do in retirement are incredibly critical those things have to go into the equation. And then you have this whole gambit of what's going to happen in the market and all of that. And Scott, the answer really is, is that we take the market equation out of those basic living expenses so that we are able to more accurately predict what lifestyle that these people will be able to live. So we're kind of going over two risks here that we talk about a lot on the show, and it's longevity risk is the number one thing. We don't know how long someone is going to live. And in many cases, if those people, if there's a couple, two someones, right? We have to plan for the survival of that retirement asset throughout the lives of two people, and we don't know how long uh, you're going to live. And then what John's alluding to is market risk or sequence risk is actually what it's called. Sequence of return risk. We don't know what kind of market returns we're going to get, especially early on in retirement. And that's as unpredictable as it gets. We talked about on the show before, uh, we saw a survey uh, during the latter stages of 2022 that was taken uh, of really the gamut of what economists thought was going to happen in the market in 2022 at the end of 2021. 
And the range of those predictions in the market were from negative four to 17%. Well, we know what we got in 2022, and it was nowhere near that range. So even the brightest minds in the world cannot tell us what's going to happen in the next year in the market. So you have to have a plan that prepares for and battles that sequence risk. So kind of let's let's build it out here. We've talked about the foundational income and we've talked about how to take on sequence risk, but let's talk about how someone at home can start to really think this through. Really in retirement you're just replacing your paycheck. That's what you're trying to do. Now right. it may be a percentage of what your employment income was the day you leave your job. It may not be able to be 100%, but you're starting to build it by looking at what do I have to have because more than likely, if you have any margin in your employment life, not every dollar is going out the door. You're, you're making decisions on what to do with the extra money. Your expenses, though, are what your, or your, is what your required income needs are. Hopefully, that's going to go down in retirement, right? Hopefully, you're going to pay off a mortgage, but you're going to have some level of expenses that are going to have to be paid, and that needs to be met, we believe wholeheartedly, with guaranteed income. We, we oftentimes kind of laugh about the fact that one of the most uh, difficult questions we will ask a retiree is how much money do you want to have coming in every month in retirement? And there's this dumbfounded look between the husband and wife. They kind of stare at each other and, and, you know, we muddle through it. But many times it is just money in, money out every month. And they're not thinking about where that's going. And, and often they will tell us, well, I guess we need to make the same thing we're making now because we're using all of it. But they're thinking thinking about a gross income that they have from their jobs and many times that's going to include retirement contributions well if you're contributing to a 401k right now you're not going to be doing that in retirement so we can lower that that thought of whatever that gross number is we can begin to lower it there are lots of other examples but it's a little bit of a challenge sometimes because i I think guys we live in such an electronic world financially that you know when we we used to get paper checks y'all remember those days john and i were talking about that just very recently (laughs) we used to get paper checks and you had to be aware of what was in the account at any given point you couldn't look it up on your phone and now there's money in and money out and they're not the people in general are not thinking about how much is coming in and out every day and I think that's an exercise that, that anyone that is really serious about trying to plan for their retirement, they have to go through that. And that's what happens here at Genwealth. As a matter of fact, on our website, you can go and find a retirement budget and, and actually go in and say, okay, let me fill out the, this uh, uh, template, if you will, of the uh, details of what I'm spending and how much money I need to have coming in every month. Now, the thing that the admonition that we will give you is that number one, you shouldn't put in there the things that you want to do. These are the things that you need to do. Pay the electric bill, pay the uh, uh, gas bill, pay for food, clothing, transportation, shelter, taxes, insurance, all of the necessities of life. You want to get a good handle on what that looks like. And then here's the other kind of uh, roulette thing in this. You have to say, okay, I need X number of dollars per month. Let's call it $5,000 a month. Then you've got to gross that up for taxes. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to also think about, well, do we really know what the tax rates are going to be in the future? I would say at least plan on what they are right now and then maybe build in a little bit of cushion in that, in that equation. 
One of the things that I think is really important for people to think about in terms of their guaranteed income is insurance cost. Obviously, you've got Medicare, Medicare supplements, and things of that nature, but one of the things that your GenWealth Advisor will talk to you about is building in the cost of long-term care insurance. Long-term care insurance is something that is is very, very underutilized in this country in terms of the people who buy long-term care insurance because they don't want to think about going to a nursing home. Well, long-term care insurance really ought to be a thought process that you go through to stay out of the nursing home instead of thinking about going, but be sure that you do that without uh, damaging your financial future. If you want to talk about playing roulette with your finances, it is leaving long-term care health issues uncovered in terms of insurance because that is something that can crater a household financially very quickly. That goes back to assuming you're going to drop dead immediately yeah. when, when that doesn't really happen in, in many cases statistically. Mm-hmm. So figuring out how much guaranteed income you need on a monthly basis in retirement is the first step in determining Uh, how to cover your basic expenses and building the foundation of your retirement income plan. It is a key exercise, and we've got a nice resource for you if you're listening or watching today. If you need help getting started, you can visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash academy and download our free retirement balance sheet. That'll help you get started to start thinking about these things and get some numbers down on paper. So you stack up on one side what you need, what you have to have in in retirement on a monthly basis, and then you start to look at what are you going to be bringing in on a guaranteed basis. And that'll be your guaranteed checks from Social Security if there are two people in the household. It may be a pension, maybe two pensions. You may be fortunate enough to have four guaranteed checks in retirement. Most people are not. Most of the time, it's just going to be Social Security, and oftentimes, the Social Security check is not going to cover even basic living expenses. If that is the case, if your guaranteed income sources do not meet your expenses, you may need to designate some of your assets to building, John, a private pension income stream. Absolutely. That private pension income stream, as you've called it, is is guaranteed income. Now, it's backed up by the claims paying ability of whatever insurance company you use to, to fund that program but it basically gives you another source almost exactly like social security in terms of its rhythm and its timing and everything Mm -hmm. that you've got a check you know is going to be in your account every month and that insurance company is guaranteeing you that that check's going to be there that gives you some degree of foundation on those basic living expenses and once you do that then you begin to think about okay now that i've got all my bases covered what's next I want to enjoy retirement. I want to go and and travel. I want to do things with the grandchildren. I want to do, uh, you name it. it. It's really up to you what you say above and beyond basic living expenses you want to spend your money on. But then you take a look at the rest of your portfolio and figure out, okay, is there something that I need to do with this money that will effectively give me the latitude to do the things? And that's where the bucketing strategy comes in. So when we talk about how we go to the next step, the foundation, if you think of this uh, retirement income plan as a re- as a house, we have laid the foundation with the guaranteed income. We know that our expenses are going to be met. John's talking about the fun part of retirement. That's our desired income space. That's where the living space of the house is laid out in building your plan. 
And that's where the additional income that's layered on top of what your guaranteed income is begins to take place. Now, I think it can be, we, and of course, people have all sorts of uh, uh, opinions on how safe or how aggressive they want to be in retirement. But when you think about it, it's real easy to go, well, why can't I make my entire retirement guaranteed income, right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's why. Social Security, you're probably not going to keep up with inflation on the cost of a living adjustments. Most pensions, at least if they're from a private employer, are going to be your first check is your best check and your worst check. It's never going up. And the annuity, if you need some guaranteed income from a lifetime income rider on an annuity, it could potentially go up depending on the product, but it's not guaranteed to do so. It could be flat as well. And that is the risk, the third risk that we talk about often in the meeting room, and that's inflation risk. You have to be able to give yourself raises day one of your retirement income needs to be this much and obviously next year you need to be able to take on a certain amount of inflation adjusted raise so so basically with every dollar that you have you've got to be able to decide am i going to address inflation risk or am i going to address market risk you cannot do both and so if you need with some of your dollars and many people do if you need to protect those dollars and be more focused on, I'm really worried about market risk with this. And we'll take care of inflation with other dollars. But with these dollars, we're going to you know, protect ourselves against the potential negative performance of the market in any given year. That's where you get that guaranteed income stream coming in. But as Scott said, most of those guaranteed income sources, if they do increase, they're not going to increase enough to keep up with inflation. So we have to address inflation with other dollars. And if we're going to do that, then we've got to say, you know what? I'm not really concerned about the market with these dollars. But the key, guys, is the timeline. Mm -hmm. Because I think people look at, I'm either in the market and therefore I'm worried about it, or I'm not and therefore I'm not worried about it. But you have to have some exposure to what we'll collectively call the market. You have to have some exposure to equities and to real estate in order to be able to outpace inflation. Those are the only two areas where you can do that over time. But what allows us to expose some dollars to that risk, what negates a degree of that risk, is the time. If we don't need dollars that are in the market, if we don't need dollars that are in the market for 15 years, we have time. Guys, you look at where we are now, you know, relative to 2008, which was the, the last time we had a really bad market. We're close to a decade and a half out from that now. So, okay, if you had money that was exposed to the market and the ugliness of 2008 during that time, that's fine. It looked ugly then, but you didn't need it for a decade and a half. We're still not quite there. It has had plenty of time to recover, even after the pullback that we've seen this year. Statistically, you can look at any 15-year period for the S&P 500, and you've never had a 15-year period where you've lost money. Uh, and there's been 10-year periods, five-year periods, and definitely one-year periods, yeah. but never a 15-year period. Now, that's not to say that it will never happen in the future, but the if you want to play some odds, those are good odds to play. Right. That's definitely good odds to play when you look, take a look at the history of the S&P 500 and go, okay, has there ever been a 15-year period of time where I've lost money? And the answer is no. So then your equities belong to uh, be used at a particular time in the future 
maybe 15 years down the road. I think it really is all about how much money you need and when you're going to need it. And so you begin to parse that out into different segments or buckets, if you will, of money that are uh, tied to a particular time frame. Money that you're going to need very soon, you don't want to take any risk on. Money that you are going to need 15 plus years down the road, you can take some risk on that to try to get that return that Janet's talking about to help you keep pace with future inflation. So to illustrate this a little bit further. I think it's helpful to think about, you know, going back to what you said about the 86% probability. Uh, and then, you know, you talked about the 4% withdrawal r- rule. You know, most of that is based on what our minds lock into when we think about how much money we enter retirement with. It's one number in our minds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And those probabilities are run on this static asset allocation over a long period of time and what returns are you going to get versus how much money you're going to be pulling out. And that's why that 4% rule was enacted back when interest rates were much higher. Yeah. And it, it had a much higher probability of working out for you. But when you look at going into retirement in year one, if you went into retirement in 2022 and you had an asset allocation of 60% in the stock market and 40% in the bond market, we just had one of the worst bond market years on record right. in the history of mm-hmm. the economy, in the history of American economy. That 60-40 portfolio would look really, really ugly, and especially, oh, by the way, if you took 4% out of it. So it's not a sound withdrawal strategy or withdrawal philosophy to think of your entire retirement nest egg is one number. That one number will get you in trouble because if you are a person who really does like to take risk and you want to uh, put money in the market and, and say, you know, let's just go, go, go. The problem is that you're withdrawing money out of this to mm-hmm. fund your retirement. So when the market goes down, you just make bad matters worse. When the market goes down and you're pulling money out, now you've got yourself a real hole that you've got to dig your way out of to try to even get back up to, to a break-even point. The whole idea is this. What kills a portfolio in a bear market is not the bear market itself. It is selling something in a bear market. Mm-hmm. Take that truth with you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it's worth saying again, the thing that hurts you in a bear market is not the bear market itself. If you've got time, you've got time, you can ride out that bear market. What really hurts you is having to sell something when the market is down. And that is where that sequence of return risk and that reverse dollar cost averaging, as we call it, really does come into play. You know, we've we've all heard uh, Warren Buffett talk about how important it is to buy when everybody else is selling yeah. and to sell when everybody else is buying. Everybody else is doing what they're doing on emotion, mm-hmm. the emotion of either fear or greed, depending on how the market is performing at any given time. So when you are tempted to sell in times when things are not that pretty, check yourself. What's the reason? Is it because you're fearful? It probably is. And you really have to have a written plan to fall back to as your guideline for how to behave in times when investments are great and in times when they're ugly. And that's when it, that's why it comes back to focusing on the income and not the account value. I, yes. mean, I mean, I don't want to diminish that entirely. You, you, do, you don't want to see, I mean, obviously the account values matter, but, and, but for us and the planning purposes, they matter per segment. Per, per bucket. bucket. And if a bucket is not in the equity market in 2022, or if a bucket is, is in an alternative investment strategy and not in stocks or bonds in 2022, then your account values overall may go down because the equity side did. 
but you are looking at the buckets you're going to spend near term and those did not go down. I'm perfectly fine with short term money basically just holding its own. Mm-hmm. I really am, I, especially in a rising interest mm-hmm. rate environment where, you know, potentially you can get more rate of return on that a little bit further down the road or whatever the case may be. I'm perfectly fine with that. But on the long term money, you've got to be over time making money to, to outstrip this inflation thing. You know, we've gotten a real dose of inflation lately because it's been in the headlines we you know haven't had it for a long period of time then all of a sudden everything's costing way way more no surprise on that based on what's gone on in the economy the last couple of three years but you really have to have an answer to that and if you have eschewed equities out of your portfolio mm-hmm. because you don't like risk then you're running headlong into the risk of inflation and either of them are going to really do you in if you're not careful Guys, I had a a long-term client who at the low point in 2022 came in for a review. And, you know, those are are not fun when we're looking at account values. Like you said, Scott, it's really more about the buckets, but people look at the overall account value and there's usually some emotion tied to that. And so he came in and he sat down and he said, okay, before you start, let me do the appointment for you and you tell me if I'm right. (laughs) He said, he said, here's the deal these long-term buckets they're ugly right now that's why the total value is down because the long-term buckets are ugly but we're not taking any money from them and we're going to leave them alone for over a decade that we've still got left to go before we touch that and then the short-term buckets are are looking okay they're not beautiful right now but they're looking okay and they're doing what we need to do and by the way i got this guaranteed income coming in and and it can't decrease from what i have are we good and i went Okay, do you want a job? (laughs) Because that was the summary instead of all of the emotion behind oh my gosh, I've lost, you know, however much money. He hadn't lost anything, and he realized that because he understood the concept of how this works. And with that, we solved his problem of having something to do in retirement, right? That's right, that's right. Because he could become a financial advisor (laughs) in general. As the youngest advisor on the desk, how many years do you have to have a client before that's what they do? (laughs) It depends. It depends on the client. (laughs) That's that's very good. All right, you hear the bell there in the background. It's uh, time for our final thoughts as we wrap up the Get Ready for the Future show. Janet, will start with you. I would say that it's important to have a plan. You know, life is going to give you unexpected moments. When we talk about retirement roulette, uh, roulette is nothing but a series of unexpected things happening, right? Retirement is the same, but it doesn't have to be bad. It can be good if you're prepared for whatever is ahead of you. And the only way that you prepare for it is with a written retirement plan. And Janet, that written retirement plan can be had through the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. The GenWealth Ready to Retire process helps you to work toward financial independence. And that's really what we've been talking about today is having that freedom to do what you want to do in retirement without having to worry about the sources of your income. The GenWealth Ready to Retire process is a seven-step process that your advisor will take you through to help get you toward retirement and through retirement with a degree of, of comfort and safety and balanced against some risk that you may be taking on the long term to try to outpace inflation. We want to leave as little to chance as possible when we are planning for retirement. You know, we we talked about uh, all of the odds that Americans are placing their bets on, their expectations of retirement. Well, if you can tell me your date of death, we could build you the perfect retirement plan. We don't know the answer, right? Statistically speaking, you should plan for a long retirement, even if you don't think you're going to have one. Are you on track? Are you on track for financial independence? Take the first step to find out 
by visiting 15minuteretirement.com. Use the number one and the number five and then spell out minuteretirement.com or even even easier way is to text the word checkup to 501-381-5228. Again, that number is 501-381-5228. And that's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. Don't play retirement roulette. Don't leave it to chance. Comprehensive planning is the answer to make your retirement be what you want it to be. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial. 